0: I tell you, I was having a fit over there. Spirit, come down and break down the walls. Amen. Amen. I want to thank those of you who are joining us online. Wherever you are all over the planet today, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We give thanks that you get to be a part of what God is doing in the kingdom wherever you are today. This Thursday, one of the most prepared for... Planned for? Dieted for? Days on the planet. Uh, Thanksgiving is actually one of Lori and I's favorite days of the entire year. Because we get to spend time with friends and with family. And the essence of real relationships around the table. And even the difference of schedules. They all contribute to our opportunity to enjoy that day so often. Uh, Now... It's not like things are perfect around our table. Huh? You? Not like things are perfect around the table. But I don't really think that's the point of Thanksgiving at all. I'm fully aware that when we look on the TV on Thanksgiving morning and we see the parade and we see NFL Today and we see... uh, Walmart and Target and Good Morning America, their tables are perfect, everybody's acting perfect. And you may look at that and go, oh, why can't my life be like that? I think the things that actually make us more thankful are the pains, the agony, the things that don't go well. They have a way of helping us be more grateful. The losses of this past year, those can serve to refresh our minds and help us remember God has been faithful. He's been faithful through the pain. He's been faithful through the agony. He's been faithful through your losses. Jesus has shown up during those days and his faithfulness is the picture that He wants us to see this morning. In fact, His promise to us is that in the midst of all of that, He has given us everything we need for life, real life, and to be just like Him, godliness. This past year has been a year like that for us. A lot less pictures of gains, or mountaintop experiences, or sunny blue skies, or wonderful birds chirping all the time. That's the way it appears on TV. That's what it looks like on social media. Our life hadn't really been like that this year. How about yours? The past two weeks, we've been sharing about the gift. John Mark Yates shared that two weeks ago. It was a great, great message. Last week, Talked about giving that gift away, uh, and we are—we were reminded we're simply jars of clay, jars of clay, best used when broken and crumbled. And this morning, we're going to be thankful for the difficult people in our life. It's taken a nasty turn. <laughs> We're going to be thankful for the difficult people in our lives and the difficult situations that God has so graciously placed us in the middle of and then also the messy world that needs the gift of God through us. Let me ask you a question. Are we that thankful? Are we that thankful well, when Thanksgiving is about me and how much I have and how much I've enjoyed over this past year, how blessed I am, I think I've missed the point of actually living thankfully. Last week, Pastor Jeff shared with us from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and it said we are hard-pressed on every side. How many of you feel like you've been hard-pressed on every side this last year? Look around the hands. Life's not that easy, is it? Not that easy. We've been perplexed. Sometimes you look at my face and you go, well, that guy's perplexed. Some of us have been persecuted relentlessly. Some of us have been struck down. And because some, if not much of the time, we are, aren't we? That whole list, that's us. What are we going to do with that struggle? The pain, the wasting away. Well, the scripture says we are to give thanks and be thankful. What expresses real faith is not that things always work out. In fact, if things always work out for you, we're probably not that close of friends. (laughs) I can't really identify with that. Many of us can't identify with that. But if that's the picture you want painted, you carry on with your bad self, okay? What expresses real faith is not that everything works out perfectly, but that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough that expresses real faith and trust and that my friends is reason enough to be thankful amen reason enough to be thankful yes hard pressed on every side but not crushed that's the way that ends perplexed but not in despair Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. That, my friends, is reason enough to be thankful. Sometimes these holidays, <laughs> and boy, we are right in dab in the middle of the whole month of chaos and food and... Um, Maybe your year has been full of losses. Well, let me assure you, over the next month, they will be full of gains. And you know what I mean. Full of gains. But sometimes these holidays, they bring us into close proximity to difficult people. Don't they? Not that some of us don't have that every day of our life. Yeah. Yeah, don't nudge each other, okay? So let me ask a question. How do you give thanks for difficult people? Well, when I, yeah, oh, Lord. Oh, Clay, what are you thinking? I thought this was supposed to be like a feel-good message for Thanksgiving. Well, maybe it will be. Maybe it will be. When I consider the difficult people in my life, And I have a few. I am reminded of the Holy Spirit that I have weaknesses as well. That I have inadequacies. That I have infirmities. I have ways that I fall short to the ideal of someone else. I have all of that. And so do you. You see, God has a purpose in our lives when he shows us all these our stuff. His purpose is to show me that He's allowed these things in my life so that they may contribute to His high purposes for me. And I can actually join Him, be a part of the transformational grace that He's doing in my life. That transformational grace is that I would become more and more and more like Jesus. That's the one and only goal for me. And the good news is that's the one and only goal that he has for you as well. To actually participate in the transforming nature of God to shape us, conform us. And that is not comfortable to the image of Jesus. These areas of my own weakness are purposed by God to cut through my pride and my lack of humility, and help me actually walk in humility with my God. And then just as he promises, he will strengthen, he will bless, he will give more grace. All of those things in my life are stark reminders. They really are. They're very, very clear to me. They're probably more clear to you, (laughs) but some days they're clear to me. My own weaknesses My own inadequacies. Isn't it amazing we see everybody else's better than we see our own? It's a stark reminder to me to not simply try to hide or cover or act like they don't exist. But to offer them to God and to let Him use them in my life to engage other difficult people. Now, I realize most of us would really like to rid ourselves of difficult people. Any of you like that? Come on, you can be honest. This is church. Come on. Most of you would like to rid yourself of difficult people? Me too. Me too. They irritate me. They annoy me. They rub us the wrong way. But have you ever considered that God has placed them in your life to actually help you oh now Clay come on God wouldn't do that would he he wouldn't really do that I thought he was good oh yes he will because his one and only goal for us Uh is that we look like his son and that takes difficult people to help our Thanksgiving actually reveals what we believe about God himself doesn't it yeah a good God would actually do that in the most profound devotion book that I have ever read given to me by my mom right before she died 18 years ago I found this amazing amazing prayer I want to invite you to lean in for a moment to a very raw and honest prayer. It's going to be on the screens. You're going to see it. Father, thank you for the people in my life who seem to bring more pain than joy. For I believe you have let our paths cross for important reasons. Thank you, Lord, for the good things you want to do in my life through the things that actually bother me. I realize you are working in me to make me more like Jesus, more patient, more kind, more gentle, more loving through the very things I dislike. And I praise you, Father, that I don't get to fret about these people or be envious or mull over angry thoughts to prove that I'm right. Thank you that I can receive them as wrinkles I try to hide and hang-ups and all, just the way you receive me, God just as I am, warts, age spots, wrinkles I try to hide and hangups and all, and that I can choose not, I can choose not to judge them, but forgive them, to cancel any debt I feel they owe me, any apologies, any obligations, and that through your grace, O oh God, I can choose to wipe clean any slate of grievances I have within me. And I see these people with a heart that says, you no longer owe me a thing. Now that, my friends, is real thanksgiving. Not for the butterball. I'm not talking about myself, okay? Not for the butterball. Not for the fluffy mashed potatoes and gravy. Wait a minute, gravy, gravy. I'm going to have a moment here. Do you love gravy? I don't know if you know this or not, but it is going to be served at the marriage feast of the Lamb. Okay, (laughs) Gravy on everything. I'm talking not about thankful for that. I'm talking about being thankful enough to recall the things that did not work well. To welcome God's purifying grace. In me now that's a whole different level of Thanksgiving are you that thankful but Clay now don't we always say God is good all the time and all the time God is good we say that don't we we do and he is but the most important part of that is no matter what no matter what God is good all the time. The good, the bad, and the ugly. God is enough for you. You've been trying something different. I promise you'll never go back. Give Jesus a shot. Maybe many of you have read from Isaiah chapter 53... When we read there, it's prophetic about the coming crucifixion of Jesus and it simply says that God takes great pleasure in crushing his son Jesus for us. Takes great pleasure? Are you kidding? He crushed him with our sin and our failures, not those of other difficult people. And then through the crushing, God the Father brings the most beautiful expression of love human beings have ever seen on the planet. Don't you think that if God can bring good and beautiful and perfect from the excruciating crucifixion and execution of his own son, that he can and will use our own pain and agony and difficult people and situations to weave a masterpiece, a tapestry for you? Don't you think he's able to do that? Don't you think he wants to do that? He alone is good. No wonder Thanksgiving seems to come and go quickly, slips through our hands But it's not supposed to be simply a day of giving thanks, it's supposed to be thanks living. On and on and on and on. In the fall of 1863, Abraham Lincoln, president at the time, issued two landmark statements. You probably know about the very first one, the famous Gettysburg Address, in which Lincoln commemorated the battlefield of Gettysburg. At Gettysburg, Lincoln called the nation to remember the sacrifice of the fallen and to redouble its commitment to the cause of freedom. The other statement made just two weeks before may be a little bit more surprising to you. On October 3rd, 1863, President Lincoln instituted the very first official Thanksgiving holiday. Lincoln wrote this, it has seemed to me fit and proper that the gracious gifts of the Most High God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice for the entire American people. So Lincoln set apart the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father. Apparently, in the midst of of the worst war our nation had ever experienced, Lincoln thought the time was ripe for gratitude. Lincoln clearly addressed the horrors of the Civil War. He called it a war of unequaled magnitude and severity, a war that had transformed tens of thousands of Americans into widows and orphans and mourners or sufferers. But also, it tied the hardship with hope. Revitalizing and recognizing the hand of God, guiding him through the valley of the shadow of death. Conflict and gratitude. Hardship and hope. Lincoln was not confused. He was seeing real thanksgiving through the lens of biblical truth. Bear with one another and be thankful. Those words literally ought to ring in our consciousness this morning. Bear with one another and be thankful. The Apostle Paul, writing to the believers in Colossae, ties the idea of conflict and thanksgiving in a very familiar passage. It's going to be up on the screens. You can read it with me out loud if you'd like to. Put on then... which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Chris Pilardo, who's one of the pastors and editors at the Summit Church, some of you know that church well, he said this about that. These are heavy words. For those who are very familiar in our midst, With church talk. We fly over lists like that. Kindness. Yeah, I've heard that one. Humility. I've heard that one too. Meekness. Check. Patience. Check. On we go down that list. Nodding along. Passively agreeing. Mentally, we begin to reduce Paul's commands down to God just wants us to be nice. Oh, it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than that. And we may miss, if that's where we land, on the countercultural, toe-stomping, difficult words of Paul. You see, none of what Paul says here is enjoyable in its practice. None of it is. I'd be lying to you if I said, oh, come on and try it. You're going to love it. Oh, no, you won't. It goes against every fiber of your being. You see, to grow in patience, you have to literally hang out in situations that require patience. To grow in meekness, you must be in situations that require submission. And then we must choose submission. To forgive, you got to be wronged. And then we must choose to extend grace anyway. Yeah. And if humility sounds like humiliation, you're getting real close to understanding. It is. Humility, humbling yourself, is absolute humiliation. What Paul is commending to us here. It's not a warm list of fuzzies. That's not it. It's not a manual on how to be nice. It's a list of virtues when actually lived out. It doesn't feel nice at all. Not one bit. It's a manual for loving the most difficult people in our lives. That's what it's supposed to look like. We don't practice that much, do we? That's what it's supposed to look like. It is a manual on how to... It's an invitation to do what every fiber in our being says, "Uh, I'm not gonna do that. It's a leaning into conflict and to do so from a posture of weakness. The world tells us to be strong and self assured. I like that about the world, don't you? Be clay, be strong, be self assured. Paul here, he doesn't let us off that easy. He tells us to be small. He tells us to be self-forgetful. But don't miss how Paul closes this passage. The difficult command comes to a close with a random and be thankful. I don't think that's random. Do you? All that he said and he closes it and be thankful. Just as Lincoln saw gratitude in the context Of conflict so does Paul Paul recognizes that our messy relationships are the perfect opportunity for sanctification and they're actually a gift of God because they make us more like his son our natural response to conflict is oh God why and how long oh God Paul tells us our responses to sound less like that and more. Thank you, Lord. There's a clue in Paul's words to the Colossians. His commands are simply not aimed at all people. That may surprise you and it may thrill you. He's only talking to those of us who are called by God's own name. Any of you in the room like that? You called by the name of Jesus? Is that name engraved on your heart? then Paul's talking to us. The basis of unity in the church is not about agreeing with everything, but it's the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus not only is the covering, it is the power. It is the empowering to do what is natural for all of us. In that place The scripture says, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Only when we recognize ourselves as members of the family of God can we simply drum up the courage to bear with each other in love. It takes the spirit of God do that and the power of the gospel to make us humble and meek and patient but it's a good weight we can only approach others in weakness when in Christ we realize that's how he approached us completely broken and spilled out he gave his life for us while we were still sinners But the question remains how exactly, Clay, can I be thankful? How am I supposed to be thankful for mean people, for difficult people? It may take a giant leap for us, however, to remember that, Clay, you have shipwrecked the hopes and dreams of somebody else too. I've been the guy less patient. I've been the guy that has not represented the gentle, patient, loving, merciful Jesus to somebody else. And when I see that in myself, everything within me now says, Lord, bring them on. Bring on the difficult people so I can become more like Jesus. I know. A good God would never do that, would he? Really, we just kind of wish we could fix them a little quicker. Don't you? Oh, God, I know you love me. I know you love them too. Could you fix them quick? Mm -hmm. We wish we had more friends who were givers and not takers. Any of you? Don't you love takers? If you raise your hand on that one, you're a big fat liar. (laughs) That's what you are. How many of you love givers? Come on, lift your hands. You love givers. God loves them too. But the world is not full of just givers, it's full of a lot of takers, maybe more takers than givers. But I'm just going to remind us of something we are kind of aware of. We've been takers too. We've been takers and no giving to the benevolence of God. The path to gratitude doesn't begin with a discipline to just look for the good. That's the fruit, but that's not the root. The fruit that leads to the root points to Clay's blackened heart. How about you? You got a little black on your heart? You know, one of my favorite things to eat is at Lutfi's. Got a new location. Here's a little advertisement, okay? Blackened catfish. I need a moment. That goes down good and smooth. This blackened heart does not. But I got one. How about you? How about you? So this Thanksgiving, I'm gonna do my best to be thankful for difficult people. Now I got a funny little story for you. You may not know this, and I am I believe me when I tell you this. I don't blame these messages on my wife. Okay? I don't. But she looks through them all, and and she, you know, she's an English teacher, so she has a red pin. Oh, Clay, you're not going to say that. Some of those, I go ahead and say them anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. But just, I think it was Friday. I'm talking about, and she's reading through maybe one of the final edits of my message, and it says, so this Thanksgiving, I'm going to be thankful for difficult people. And she said, well, good, I'm just going to become more difficult. (laughs) Oh, she's not difficult at all, to be honest with you. She is the easiest woman I've ever lived with. She's actually the only woman I've ever lived with. So this Thanksgiving, I'm going to be thankful for difficult people. Thankful for the moments that require patience that I don't have. Thankful for the moments that require humility that is not my way. A Jesus-like characteristic called meekness that's not weak it's strength under control thankful for interpersonal friction any of you have any of that going on Uh huh not a joyful moment is it thankful because I'd like to avoid those at all costs because in those moments I remember the mercy of God toward me. I remember the mercy of God toward me. Now, I'm not suggesting that you don't sit down with perfect people or difficult people this Thursday. Because some of them, they're already on your guest list, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. Some of them are coming to your house. And you're going to have to pass the gravy. You can't keep it all to yourself. Some of that gravy's going to difficult people. I'm not saying don't invite them. In fact, I think I'm saying the exact opposite. Oh, go ahead. Invite them, put them around your table. God may literally want to do something new and fresh in you as a result. Some of these difficult people, they are absolutely planned by God in your life. Now, let's be honest. We can do all kinds of things with them. We cannot invite them. I know how to do that. I'm sorry, did you not get my invitation? Oh, I'm so sorry on Friday. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm I thought I mentioned that. Difficult people are precisely what often expose the work God is trying to do in us. So welcome them. Not because it feels good, but because it's an opportunity for God to get some glory. To them through you. I'm sorry, you probably wanted a message that makes you feel really good about Thanksgiving. I will tell you this. It may not feel good when you're doing it. Oh my goodness. The Spirit of God will bless you, strengthen you, come upon you, and show you that not only you are right in the middle of the will of God, You've got his full attention. Nothing brings the full attention of God like humility and patience and kindness when those difficult people don't deserve a bit of it. Would you just stop for a moment and pray with me? Father, we are so grateful that you are so gracious to us. Father, may we extend that to the difficult people in our life, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that your high purposes for us are to make us more like your son. We thank you, Father, for the power to do what we sometimes, most of the time, don't even wanna do. God, would you help us today? Would you help us say yes to your spirit, even now? We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.